It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, it is a kickoff Thursday. We are going to kick off the NFL week and the sports weekend with a big game on Thursday night just to get our appetite ready for Titans football on the West Coast on Sunday. So, Today, in our episode, what I want to do with our first segment is talk about some of the key players on this team that are going to be free agents this summer, where they need to be re-signed at, and who John Robinson needs to prioritize bringing back first. So we will talk about that in our first segment. In our second segment, we will step into the film room for another edition of Tick Tack. Titans and break down some X's and O's. I want to show you guys on Tuesday. I showed you guys Harold Landry and how he individually impacted the game on Sunday. But I also want to give some credit to Dean Pease and the defensive backs and the the blitzes and the pressures that they schemed up that I've been talking about all week and shine a spotlight on those because I expect the Titans to use those going forward with the injuries that they're having with the cornerbacks at this moment in time. So we'll talk about that in our second segment. And in our third segment, we are going to do Rollins Rewind, as we always do on Thursdays, and talk about the last time the Titans played the Oakland Raiders. So big show, ready to get into all of it with you guys. Let's get it. Your Tennessee Titans lead story. Being three-fourths of the way through the season at this moment in time, you can kind of take a look at the players on the field, who's getting it done, who isn't getting it done, who is vital to the Tennessee Titans' success on both offense and defense. And considering that the Titans do have a lot of players going into free agency this offseason, it's important for us having the data that we have now and being able to look at all the games that we have and decide who the Titans and general manager John Robinson need to prioritize re-signing this summer, who is, as I said, most vital to the Titans' success on both sides of the football those players need to be prioritized and taken care of first. The top four is pretty simple at this moment in time. Quarterback Ryan Tannehill, running back Derrick Henry, right tackle Jack Conklin, and defensive back Logan Ryan. So what I want to do is kind of have a conversation about what they've done so far this year and what their contract should be looking like and the situation that the Titans will be in going into this offseason. First things first, based on numbers from SportTrack.com, who is a valuable resource for salary-related questions and things like that, I encourage you guys to tinker around there if you would like and figure out some things on your own, but they do a great job of keeping track of all the financial data that goes along with the NFL. So we will pull some numbers from there. Based on their estimations and what the expected salary cap is going to be, it looks like the Titans will have between about 50 and $65 million in cap room next year. Now, the reason that that number is just an estimate is because it could go up and down. The Titans could restructure some contracts. The Titans could cut bait with someone like uh, Dion Lewis. That's $5 million a year. The Titans could restructure anybody's deal from Cam Wake, who I would expect that to take place, uh, Jarrell Casey, Ryan Suckup, some of the bigger contracts on the team that are some of the veterans who maybe aren't as productive as they were when the contract started or when it was signed or as expected. You know, looking at somebody like Ryan Suckup, we can't can't continue to pay him what they are right now. Dion Lewis, $5 million a year. He's just not being productive enough to, to, um, 
to warrant that kind of contract. So I expect that, that the total could go up and down more, but that's the expectation at this moment in time. So let's take a look. Ryan Tannehill, 72.7% completion percentage, 1,602 yards, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, led the team to a 5-1 and one record. As I've discussed on previous podcasts, this is pretty cut and dry. I think right now Ryan Tannehill has earned the franchise tag. That'll be one year, $23 million. Kind of make him prove it one more time before the Titans really choose him as the quarterback of the future. I think that would be the smart move for John Robinson, and that's my expectation. Moving on to Derrick Henry, 232 carries, 1,140 yards, 11 touchdowns. Right now, SportTrack has his market value, which is based on some other players in his you know, general area in terms of production and age. And I did this comparison a few weeks ago as well. Some of the contracts that they used as a reference here, Lamar Miller signed a four-year, uh, $26 million contract when he was 24. Devontae Freeman, who we mentioned specifically, signed a five-year, $41 million deal when he was 25. That's about $8 million a year. Uh, Todd Gurley signed a four-year $57 million contract when he was 23, and Ezekiel Elliott signed a six-year $90 million contract when he was 24. So based on those four guys and their salaries of uh, $6 million, $8 million, $14 million, $15 million, they have Derrick Henry slotting somewhere in between there, between $10 to $11.5 million. I think it would be wise to sign him anywhere in between from the Titans' perspective. Of course, John Robinson will want to get Derrick Henry down as far as possible just to help out the rest of the roster. So $10 million is kind of the floor. If he gets that $11.5, I don't think it would be a bad idea either. Moving on to Jack Conklin, which seems to have the fan base a little bit divided. I do think that Conklin would be worth about $12 million a year. He is a one-time All-Pro as a rookie. He is coming off an ACL tear, but he has been generally good this season and when he's been healthy. So $12 million for a starting right tackle in the NFL, I don't think is too crazy of an ask. Logan Ryan is currently getting about $8 million. I would say he might get a bump up to about $10 million. Right now, he's got 85 tackles, 3.5 sacks, 3 tackles for loss, 3 forced fumbles, 4 interceptions, and 17 pass breakups. Whatever he asks for this season within reason, I think the Titans will have to pay him. So, it is of my opinion that those are the four top priorities for the Titans. John Robinson would be wise to keep that talent in-house. But that is going to do it for our first segment. I sure wish that I had 50 to $60 million to spend this summer, but the Titans will and hopefully John Robinson does it wisely. One thing is the Titans do have talented players now. There are good players on this football team and that's good for two reasons. One, the Titans can re-sign those guys, keep them in-house, and keep the continuity of the team going. But also, in the event that the Titans do lose any of these players, with the exception of Ryan Tannehill, they should expect a compensatory pick in the coming years from losing some of these talented players. That's the position that the Titans are in now. If you look at a team like the Baltimore Ravens and the Green Bay Packers, they are consistently getting tons of compensatory picks because they groom so much in-house talent that has to leave because they can't pay them that it rewards them back now. The compensatory pick system in the NFL, why teams get extra draft picks for letting their free agents walk out the door and go to other teams, I'll never understand that reward system, but while it's in place, I want the Titans to benefit from it, and the only way to benefit from that is to have so many talented guys that you simply can't resign them all. I don't think the Titans are there yet, but hopefully eventually throughout the course of time and having John Robinson around for you know almost a decade, hopefully that will happen more often, but hopefully not with these four guys because the Titans do need them back, I believe. So we will jump into our second segment, another tick tack 
Titan segment where we go down into the film room and do some X's and O's. Let's take a look at some of these Titans complex coverages and some of the blitz schemes that they're putting together to help out that banged up secondary. Before we do, I want to remind you guys that Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. For $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on during checkout. Listening on the go, if you can't visit Away right now, you can find this and all our other offers from the Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah that's what threw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. Tick, tack, Titans. Let's focus on the X's and O's, step into the film room, and talk about some of the Titans' complex blitzes that they're marrying with complex coverages and disguising their coverages to try to get quarterbacks uh, off their spot, confused, and ultimately put pressure and get some incompletions and some turnovers. Right now, as we all know, the Titans are very, very banged up at cornerback. Uh, Adoree Jackson is hurt. LaShawn Sims is hurt. Malcolm Butler is hurt. Joshua Kalu has been banged up quite a bit as well. The Titans just claim Tremaine Brock off of waivers. They're playing practice squad cornerbacks Ty Smith and Kareem Orr out there. So there are two different ways you can go about that, and we're going to see both approaches on Sunday. The Raiders are going with the opposite approach. They're just letting their front four rush, hope that they can get some sort of pressure on the quarterback and allowing themselves to keep seven people back into coverage to try to put as many people to that problem as possible. The Titans are kind of doing the opposite of that. They feel that they need to get pressure on the quarterback. They need to get the quarterback to throw the ball early to protect their cornerbacks and make sure that they don't have to cover for a a long time and stay with their man for, you know, an eternity for two and a half, three seconds. They need to get pressure on the quarterback and make him make a decision early and take that pressure off the back end. So, Two different philosophies the Titans are choosing to go with pressure. So let's talk about how they're manufacturing this pressure. And if we go back to Friday's game preview, I said that it'll be important for the Titans to blitz Jacoby Brissett, make him move with that injured knee that's not 100%, make him think quickly and not hold the ball, which he's prone to do. If you get him sped up and you get him on the move and off his spot, he's prone to make mistakes and and sure as the world, he made those mistakes. So, The Titans are going to need to do the same thing with Derek Carr. The Raiders play a West Coast system, and I'll talk more about these details tomorrow on Friday's game preview, but for the purpose of this, I want to show you why these coverages and why these blitzes are so important to the Titans and why we're going to keep seeing them. Derek Carr plays in a West Coast system with John Gruden. That means slants, curls, uh, in routes, out routes, quick hitting 
pass plays to get the ball out of the quarterback's hand. That's why the Raiders are so low in sacks given up. I believe it's only 18 on the year because Derek Carr gets the ball out of his hand quickly. So the Titans are going to need to confuse him with their coverages to make him hold on to the ball for an extra second, and they're going to need to bring some of those complex blitzes to get him down on the ground and make him make some turnovers, which the Raiders don't really do at home. They've only had four turnovers at home in six games all year. So let me show you some plays of how the Titans did this and what we should see going forward. Play number one, this is a crucial third down, third and 12 in the first quarter with 52 seconds left in that first quarter. The Titans are in what we're going to call a 50 front. So you're going to hear me reference reference this quite a bit because it's something that they keep going to. A 50 front is when you have all five offensive linemen covered up. So in this particular example, we have Harold Landry and Jarrell Casey on the edges. We have... Rashawn Evans and Wesley Woodyard right next to them and right in the middle we have Daquan Jones over the center so a 50 front all five linemen covered by five Titan defenders Kenny Vaccaro is the one linebacker in this defensive alignment he's kind of playing over to the right side looking at it from the Colts offensive perspective and Logan Ryan is on the left side as the left slot here you got Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard with a two-deep safety look. So that means that the safeties are splitting the half of the field. So these terminologies are things that I've been using all year, and I'm going to continue using. I'm going to keep using them throughout this segment. So just make sure you understand 50 alignment, all five offensive linemen covered by Titans defenders. Two-deep safety look. The safeties are deep. This is like your generic style set where you just have two safeties in the back garden each of the half side of the field. So same page there. The Titans are in that look. Well, here's where things get complicated. What they do is they take Wesley Woodyard and Rashawn Evans, who are lined up over the guards, and they drop them back into coverage. Okay? They bring Kenny Vaccaro and Logan Ryan on blitzes off the edge. Also, in the back end, Amani Hooker is on the left-hand side with Logan Ryan, and Kevin Byard is the deep safety on the right-hand side. Well, right before the snap, Logan Ryan starts to creep in from his slot position on the left. Amani Hooker starts to walk up towards where Logan Ryan is. And Kevin Byard starts to walk back to the middle to give you a single high safety look post-snap. So they're in they're in two high safety look pre, and then they're in single high safety look post-snap. And what happens here is this turns into a cover three. So the Titans show cover two and then they turn into cover three. So cover three just means that the, the field is split into thirds. Use the hash marks kind of as a measurement. The field is split into thirds. The two outside corners have their third that they're on and Kevin Byard has the third in the middle. That leaves Amani Hooker Rashawn Evans and Wesley Woodyard as the three people underneath guarding everything underneath. So this is just really complex going from a cover two look to a cover three look. They are blitzing the two slot defenders and letting their two inside linebackers who are over the guards drop back. Uh, Jacoby Brissett just isn't ready for this look. It's not what he's expecting either. So you can see the panic in his eyes 
when Logan Ryan, who the left side offensive tackle Anthony Costanzo is not expecting to come off the edge, Logan Ryan gets a free release to the quarterback because the Colts offensive line is just not expecting him to come. So the right tackle is going to take Kenny Vaccaro coming off the other edge, but they do not account for Logan Ryan coming off the left slot. He's able to get into Jacoby Brissett's face. He throws an incompletion quickly. Like, as I said, he was not expecting this coverage. It surprised him post-snap. And he throws a pass quickly over to Jack Doyle in the left flat. Amani Hooker is there with his underneath coverage. It's incomplete. The Titans force a fourth down in the fourth quarter. And guess what? The very next play, the field goal was blocked. 53-yarder blocked. So these plays turn into these special teams plays, the opportunities that the defense gives. So that was a long first play, but I wanted to explain some of the concepts and some of the terminology that I'm going to be using going forward. So we are going to jump into the third quarter. Three minutes and 12 seconds left in the third quarter. It is a big third and seven for the Titans. They come out in the same 50 front we described before. Carlos Correa over the right guard, Jayon Brown over the left guard, Daquan Jones over the center, Landry and Jarrell Casey on the outsides over the tackles. So every offensive lineman is covered up. Kenny Vaccaro is playing a standard middle linebacker position at this moment in time. On the left side, you have Kevin Byard in the slot over a wide receiver. On the right side, you have Logan Ryan in the slot over a wide receiver. You have two corners on the outside, and instead of having two safeties in the back end now, the Titans just have one, Amani Hooker, playing a single high safety look that you would see in your typical cover three scenario like we covered in play one. But once again, this is what makes this so special here. The Titans defensive backs are so versatile, they can all do everything. So what we're going to see here is at the snap, the Colts offensive linemen expect to just take the guy in front of them. But instead of a regular five-man rush with just the guy in front of them, the Titans get a little complicated here. So they're going to drop Harold Landry away from the left tackle. And they're going to drop Jayon Brown from over the right guard into coverage. They're going to bring Kevin Byard on a blitz from the left slot. And they're going to bring Kenny Vaccaro up the middle right by the center, and the guard takes Correa, who's over him, but the guard and the tackle don't communicate to pass Correa off to the tackle so that Quentin Nelson can pick up the blitz in Kenny Vaccaro. Quentin Nelson did not have a great game on Sunday. That's all I have to say about that. So what happens here is Kenny Vaccaro gets a free rush up the middle, unaccounted for, on a blitz, and completely confuses the Colts' offensive line and protection scheme. Now, in the back end, how to marry coverage with this. So as I said at the beginning, the Titans are in a single high safety look. They have Amani Hooker in the back end. That's going to tell you typically you're going to get cover one, which means man across the board with just Amani Hooker playing a deep zone, covering anything deep or you're going to get cover three like we talked about in the first play where the outside corners have their third of the field deep and in the middle, Amani Hooker would have his third of the field in the middle. But Logan Ryan backs up from the right corner or the right slot corner right before the snap and this turns into cover four. Incredible, Dean Pease. Incredible. So what happens in a cover four is just like a cover three or a cover two, just take that number, split the field into quarters, and everyone has their quarter. So the two outside corners have their outside quarter. And then that would mean that Amani Hooker, who slides over, and then Logan Ryan, who slides back, they take the two quarters in the middle. And then that would leave dropping back into coverage, Harold Landry, dropping back into coverage, Jayon Brown, underneath to try to cover anything that's going to happen underneath. And the Titans just completely lock up this. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, once again, 
gets confused by the coverage, gets the pressure in his face. He rolls out to his right and just throws it out of bounds. Another win for the Titans, and they force a punt. I really love these breakdowns here. I love taking a look at the complexities on defense with the blitz pressures and packages combined with the complex coverages and the disguises that the Titans are running. So clearly I can run long on these. I'm going to go ahead and take a break right here. We will do the other two plays in the third segment and I'll give you guys a fourth segment with Roland's Rewind since you know we're going kind of long with these. So we'll get to that next. Attention, past, present, and future my bookie players. During Thanksgiving week, my bookie is offering a risk-free bet on the Bears-Lions game. Simply choose a team against the spread for up to $250. If you win, congrats. You've got extra holiday spending money. If you lose, congratulations to you as well. My bookie will give you all of your money back. It's a no-brainer because you literally cannot lose. It's no risk all gravy. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all to come play, so quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourself wanting to bet sports but have lots of questions? Don't sweat it. MyBookie's patient customer service team can walk you through the process, and the best part is, if you join this Thanksgiving week, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of their incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to MyBookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll, and that's on top of the risk-free bet. Let me repeat, that's a guaranteed deposit match and risk-free bet for Thanksgiving only. So if you're a true football fan and you don't want to let this opportunity pass you by, you simply can't lose. Make sure you do your part to support your team this season. Hop on the gravy train and get in on the action with my bookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Tick, tack, Titans. So let's continue our segment here, talking X's and O's and step back into the film room for our third play. We are going to step into the fourth quarter as well. 13.46 left, another third down, third and 10. Notice how all of these are third and long. You really, This really hurt the Titans early in the season, being in third and long nonstop, but it really hurts other teams too, and there's a reason that teams put such an emphasis on getting teams into third and long. It just opens up the defensive playbook for you and gives you a lot more freedom on what you can call. But the Titans are back on the blitz. As we have talked about all show long, the Titans are in a 50 front here. They definitely saw the ability to confuse the Colts with this front. So the Titans have Jarrell Casey and Harold Landry on the left edge and the right edge. Think about the versatility of a Jeffrey Simmons and a Jarrell Casey being able to play defensive end and edge rusher in these situations. Just fantastic, the versatility on this football team. Jarrell Casey and Harold Landry on the edge. Rashawn Evans and Jayon Brown over the guards. And Daquan Jones over the center. Kenny Vaccaro is playing his standard middle linebacker position. And we have Logan Ryan on the left side slot, right side slot if you're on defense, left side slot if you're on offense. And then we have the cornerbacks on the outsides as normal. But again, we have Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker showing a two deep safety look. Well, will the Titans ever give you what they show you pre-snap? You, you just don't know. You can't know. So what we have here is Jayon Brown actually drops back into coverage and Logan Ryan blitzes off the slot. 
at the same time as the ball is being snapped, Amani Hooker, who's in a, a two-deep safety look, Amani Hooker rotates down to where Logan Ryan was coming off the slot to take his underneath zone. Kevin Byard rotates to the middle to take his single high zone, and it turns into cover three. So a two-high safety look again, turning into cover three on Jacoby Brissett. Where this play was really made, and this is the position that you put teams in when you run you know, complex blitzes like this, Brissett, confused by the coverage at first, gets to the top of his drop and doesn't see anybody in the zone to throw to. It's at this moment in time that Colts running back Jordan Wilkins, number 20, who is on the left side assigned to pick up Logan Ryan's blitz, completely whiffs on Logan Ryan. He expects Logan Ryan to go outside the left tackle and outside Jarrell Casey, but at the last second he cuts inside of them, and Wilkins is completely out of position. Logan Ryan puts a pressure on, on Jacoby Brissett, who throws a ball over the middle that's inaccurate and and not to his guy, and that's another punt that the Titans defense force with a complex coverage and a really cool blitz idea. So just once again, another one of those. It's it's really miraculous. This last one that we're going to show is a different look now. I just want to showcase how the Titans are switching up looks here. I mean, the things that we've talked about, too high to cover three, uh, single high to cover four, too high to cover three again. And then in our fourth play, they're going to throw a different type of coverage out there against the Colts. This is the type of stuff that, I mean, at some point you just got to say, great job, Dean Pease, and great job on the defense. This is really high-level stuff in the NFL, guys. So what we're seeing from this Titans team is pretty miraculous. Let's talk about that last play. Fourth quarter, the Colts are in a position to score. They are across the 50. It is six minutes left in the game. It's second and nine. Right now, the score is tied 17-17. to 17, So it's looking like at this moment in time that, you know, the Colts really might be able to you know, put some points on the board and, and and take a lead here with less than half of the quarter left. And boy, that would have put, a, put the Titans in a bad position. And as us watching the game, wouldn't that have been deflating to the entire team? But as always, the Titans defense steps up and it allows the special teams to make a big play. So on this second and nine, the Titans have finally gone to a regular four down alignment. They have Correa over the right tackle. They have Harold Landry over the left tackle. In the middle, we have Isaiah Mack over the left guard, Quentin Nelson. And we have Austin Johnson over the center, Ryan Kelly. So, we have Wesley Woodyard at linebacker. We have Jayon Brown in at linebacker. But we have Kenny Vaccaro walked up as a linebacker as well. So, what the Titans do in this one, like I talked about all the different coverages, they just go man here. Everybody just mans up, and Kevin Byard is a single high safety in the back, just playing a cover one zone. Now, with the blitz of Kenny Vaccaro, though, while none of these guys get home on the blitz, the four down lineman Russian or Kenny Vaccaro, none of them get home. Harold Landry applies a little bit of pressure, and then... Austin Johnson applies a little bit of pressure up front. It just gets Brissett to move and get uncomfortable. He has to get off his regular launch spot of when and where he wants to throw the ball. And since the Titans are playing locked up man coverage down the field, he doesn't really have a place to go. Well, after time of him holding the ball and not having anywhere to go, Austin Johnson does kind of get in his face. He steps back, throws off his back foot to Jack Doyle, and the the pass is incomplete because Jayon Brown is right there to make a play, playing great 
man coverage against Jack Doyle, who had a pretty decent day against the Titans. This was originally ruled a catch, if you remember. A great challenge by Mike Vrabel got the call reversed. So, we're talking cover three. We're talking cover four. We're talking man coverage. Uh, just so many different coverage concepts that the Titans are using out there. Now, I'm not going to throw this breakdown up because it doesn't go with the the blitz packages that I'm trying to highlight here, but that was on second and nine late in the fourth quarter. The very next play, the Titans do another different coverage. They run cover two, man under. So everybody has a man underneath. We have Amani Hooker and Kevin Byard playing two deep safeties in the back, making sure nothing gets deep. And the Titans actually drop Daquan Jones on this one. And my mistake, they drop Correa as a quarterback spy on this one. So the Titans are only rushing three guys and have eight people back in coverage. Everyone is locked up underneath. Brissett tries to run out of the pocket and a perfectly called defense because Kamale Correa is right there, or Carlos Correa, as I like to call him, is right there to wrap up Brissett for a sack. The very next play is the blocked field goal for a touchdown. Titans take a commanding lead, and we know how the rest of the game plays out. So everything is symbiotic. Everything goes with the other. This is complementary football. The defense is using complex coverages and blitzes to put themselves in a great position to have third and longs. They're mixing up those coverages to make those plays when it happens and putting the special teams in a position to be special and everyone is pulling their weight. The Titans end up getting the ball back and making a huge explosive touchdown on offense and that's the end of the game. The defense makes plays so the special teams can make a play so the offense can put the game away. It all goes together. It's circle. It's a circle. It's secular. You know what I mean? So it's just beautiful stuff. And I know I went really long on this edition of Tic Tac Titans, but these are the type of things that make the season, guys. This is what the Titans defense is based on. This is what the Titans are on defense. So I wanted to make sure you had a good understanding of what they were doing out there. We should see this idea and this concept and this philosophy throughout the rest of the season. So we're going to come back for our last segment, which is essentially segment four at this point, and do a quick Rollins rewind and talk about the last time the Titans played the Raiders. Rollins rewind. Let's quickly take a look at the last time the Titans played the Raiders. Let's go back two years to week one of the 2017 season, so the year that the Titans did make the playoffs. But of course, it started out a little bit rocky in a home loss to the Raiders. The Raiders did win this game 26-16. to And would you be shocked if I told you the Titans got a touchdown in the first quarter and then were unable to score a touchdown again the rest of the game, only being able to get one field goal in each of the remaining quarters. So... Like I said, 26-16, the Titans' offense was inept, as it was quite a bit under Terry Robisky. Marcus was 25-41 of 41 for 256, but most of that was, you know, in the fourth quarter when it seemed like the game was out of hand. Uh, the Titans were unable to run the ball. DeMarco Murray only had 44 yards. Marcus had 26. Derrick Henry had six carries for 25 yards. It was a good Delaney Walker game, seven catches for 76 yards. So not uh, a terrible performance by some, 
but generally overall the offense was just inept and and that was on the coaching um obviously we saw Terry Robisky get canned at the end of the year along with Mike Malarkey even though they did make the playoffs in the season because the offense was simply so bad and it started from week one so we see that here looking at the Raiders side of the football Derek Carr torched the Titans 262 two touchdowns uh, they had over 100 yards rushing with Marshawn Lynch as their primary running back uh, they had success throwing the ball their wide receivers just outmatched the Titans cornerbacks the Titans had Bryce McCain and Adoree Jackson as a rookie on the outside at this moment in time so Michael Crabtree had six for 83 Amari Cooper five for 62 and a touchdown uh, the the Titans team is essentially completely different now with the exception of a few guys the Raiders team is much different now as well so not a lot can be carried over due to the time spent but it is fun to go back in the time machine and take a look the, the Titans haven't had great success against the Raiders in general um, for pretty much any uh, iteration of this football team and they definitely have struggled going out west as well so hopefully they'll be able to correct some of those issues and and give us a different result than the last time the Titans played the Raiders so I gave you guys a lot in our Tic Tac Titans segment and our show yesterday was pretty long as well so we will keep this Rollins Rewind pretty quick and pretty short and we will go ahead and get out of here so that'll do it for today's show I hope you guys enjoyed I really had a good time recording the Tic Tac Titans segment I, I really love um, the deep Deep analysis of football, and I hope that you guys enjoyed learning exactly how the Titans are beating these teams schematically as well. So that's what I promised you guys. I'll always give you, I'll always keep giving you the news and notes out of Nashville. Of course, we're going to stay up to date on all those topics, but I want to make sure that we are breaking down the X's and O's and getting smarter as Titan fans and having a good understanding of how the Titans are doing this and not just spending all our time talking about the, the jibber jabber that goes around the team constantly. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as well as always i'm your host tyler Rowland, and this was locked on titans thanks for listening to the locked on podcast network but why stop now Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.